Welcome to the Protectors Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Piccolo. Hey, welcome to the Protectors Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Piccolo, and I'm really happy to be joined by Adam Wilson today. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and as as everybody, our schedules kind of get pinged back and forth, and we finally we finally touch base. <laughs> yeah, I apologize about that yesterday. I'm a uh, I am a Skype rookie, and so. I completely foobarred that yesterday, so I apologize. That's no problem at all. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm this whole technology thing, this this dang fangled technology, I call it. Jeez. <laughs> but hey, you know what? You have had a, a long law enforcement career. You want to kind of start and how you got involved with that? Oh my gosh, yeah. We we can uh, start from the very beginning. The um, well, actually, I was. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll take a step even further back. So I was at NC State. And I had gotten into the Ag Institute, and to be honest, I had no business being at NC State University. I was way too immature, but the Ag Institute was an open enrollment, and and so I thought, well, maybe I could be a turf grass management major, you know, and and I was going to cut the field of, you know, the Atlanta Braves or work on a golf course and, and live the easy life. And so I get in there, and I'll never forget it. And I talk about it in the book. The uh, we're sitting at a table, and and there's multiple tables. There's there's several tables in the in in this classroom, but we all have a pot of dirt in the center of the table, and everybody is looking at this dirt with so much passion. And whenever I say the Ag Institute, I mean it is the Ag Institute. It is straight farmers jack and i was way out of my comfort zone the i mean the girl i'm sitting beside has dip spit running down her chin onto her chest and it's just it is some farmers for real and i remember looking around thinking i wish i was into something anything like these people are into this dirt and i was because they were so into it and it was just like a pot of pot of dirt and so I kept on going with the school, and I thought, man, this is really isn't what my, my cup of tea. i got to figure something else out. And I, I took a, a legal class in the same institute, and it just clicked. And I thought, this is it. I, I felt like I was good at it. Uh, you know, we, we were having these debates and these, the, these discussions, and I thought, man, this is awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on going and maybe try to get into the pre-law program. And got my financial aid back that year, and... No, like I have, I barely had anything, and you know I'm a I am a uh, high school dropout, you know, <laughs> from back home that that lived in a trailer with no power, no working sewage, and and so I I didn't have anything. Uh, there, there was no no support system financially to to just to keep on going. So back home I came, but I knew I liked the legal part, and one day I'm sitting in Hooters with some friends of mine and a guy comes in and he starts talking about how he's a cop and I'd always been interested in it. And I, so I started kind of asking some questions and, and I, you know, do you have to have a degree? You know, what's your, you know, do you have to have, you know, immaculate credit. Do you have to have a perfect background? 
and which I have none of at the time. And uh, he said, no, you just got to go to rookie school. And I was like, well, what the heck is rookie school? So, he, you know, he answered some more questions. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I, did, I like the legal stuff. I, I, you know, I, I, I threw my threw my name in there, got into rookie school, BLET in North Carolina. And it was a perfect, perfect fit. I finally felt that same passion for something that those same guys and girls in that soil class had whenever they were looking at that dirt. And, and that's whenever it, it really started clicking for me. And I had, I, I kind of found my purpose at that point up till then I was a very lost soul just wandering around. And once I was introduced to law enforcement, it was like, aha, uh, it, it was exactly what I was meant to be doing. Now, did you have anybody in your, your family that was in law enforcement? Or are you kind of the first one to put a badge and gun on? No, first one. So my town in North Carolina is a very, it was a textile mill town, you know, for forever, really. And then a lot of the, a lot of the uh, mills uh, went to Mexico and, and, and that was that. So a lot of people lost their jobs around here. And, but my whole family basically worked at the mills. You know, so we didn't have anybody in law enforcement. It was just for whatever reason, uh, it just kind of it just kind of found me. Now, you all of a sudden, you know, I flash forward and you have a best selling book. How does you go from, you know, high school dropout to next thing you know, you have a best selling book years later? I mean, can you kind of walk us through your career? Sure. That is a (laughs) that is a fantastic question. And that is I'm still trying to figure that out myself. And so. I really think that, you know, growing up, I was all, I've, so going even farther back, I grew up uh, a little bit, a di- little different background than most people. Um, whenever I was born, I had a blockage in my kidney and they had to remove a kidney and remove uh, half of my bladder. And so my whole life, I was never able to play sports like a normal kid. It was just, I was always told what I could and could not do. Even going even further into that, I'm in seventh grade. We're getting split into uh, three different groups. One group is the college prep group, the kids that were going to go to a four-year university, college tech prep, which were the kids that were that were most likely to go to a two-year school, and then you had my group, and that was just the trade group. They were like, hey, you know, college really isn't in the arts for you. You probably want to start learning how to get deep. You there? Sorry. Yeah, hold on. We kind of lost you a little bit there. Lost the lost the connection for a second. But and so they were like, you you probably need to 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 learn a trade. So at that point, I was like, well, you know, I can't never played sports. They basically told me I wasn't going to go to college. So what in the heck am I am I even trying for? To be honest, you know. And so I think. But once I got out of that and I got out of that mindset, because at some point I finally said, you know what, I'm going to quit listening to everybody else. And I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter what the cost. I've ran, I've ran at this point ultra marathons, and I didn't care what the doctor said about the kidney and what could happen. I was going to do what I wanted to do. I wasn't as fragile as everybody made, their, made, this, made myself out to be. Uh, and the same thing on the education side. So once I found policing, I found something that I felt that I was smart in. And so I started taking a couple classes at a time. 
I started doing, and I just kept it going and kept it going and kept it going. And what I found was something that I had never found going through school or playing sports, and that is that sense of achievement. And that sense of achievement has been such a motivating factor for me. And I don't care about the recognition. I don't care if the, I don't care about any of that. Like uh, it didn't. I wouldn't care if the book. Of course, I'd like to make a million dollars off the book, but that's not my. That's not my. That's not the reason I wrote it. I wrote it one to help people, but at the same time, it was just a goal I had in my mind, a bucket list kind of thing, and I just wanted to make that achievement and then move on to the next thing. And so it's almost like I grew up, and and I let all that stuff collect. And then once I found my page, it just exploded. And it, was just, it has just been one thing after the other, like, what else can I do? What else can I do? What else can I achieve? Because I'm addicted to that feeling of achievement. And, I, and I, that may sound funny to some people, but you know, I think if you have that same, that same drive and ambition, I think some people get it. No, absolutely. And I think a lot of people follow that same path. I mean, you go from having, you know, dropping out of high school, kind of feeling your way around college, finding a career, and then you jump on the education and, you know, then you start writing because it's about succeeding. Absolutely. And so, and then and fast forward a little bit past that, I get into the comp thing. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm, I'm having some success with it. And I start noticing some different trends with with people were hiring, and you know applications are dropping, you know significantly still across the country. And I and I start finding myself having these little advice discussions kind of thing with our, our new hires, brand new rookies, and basically I wanted to talk to them about I wanted to give them advice that I wish I would have gotten when I first started. But when I would leave these sessions, and I'd get home, or I'd be driving, and I'm so ADD. I would be, you know, like, dang, I should have said this, I should have said that. So I came home, and I thought, you know what, I'm just, I'm just going to start jotting some of this stuff down so I can remember it for next time. And I remember the first couple of times I did it, I, thought, I, I got finished, and I didn't have much on the page, but it felt like I got it out of my head. And I thought, wow, you know, that actually felt feels kind of good, <laughs> you know. It's almost, it was almost like you know, how you feel at the end of a good workout. And it became almost therapeutic. And so I just kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it and had really no intentions of writing a book at, at the beginning. But then all of a sudden I had 10,000 words and 15,000 words, and all of a sudden it's like, huh, you may actually have something here. And it wasn't until I talked to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman himself the man who coined the term sheepdog, and he I, he said, send it to me. I'd like to read it. So I sent it to him, and he was like, hey, man, this is awesome. This is great. You, re, you really have something here. And up to then, nobody had really read it, so you don't, you don't really have anybody's uh, – any feedback to kind of to to go off of, so you feel a little vulnerable, to be honest. But once I had his – kind of his nod that he thought it was somewhat decent, I thought – all right, well, let's do this, and that's when that's when I started the process to really uh, to get it edited, and you know a, a publisher picked it up, and, and now I'm just trying to get it into the, as many hands in policing that I can. Well, let's talk about the book. What what is it about, and what's the title? 
So the title of the book is Tactical Reload, Strategy Shifts for Emerging Leaders in Law Enforcement. And Tactical Reload is basically, hey, you know, you're keeping your eye on the target. Maybe you run out of ammunition, but you but you never lose focus of that target. But you got to make a change, so you change magazines, and you just stay in the fight, right? And that's kind of where we're at now as a culture with policing. Everything's changing. And so there's three dynamics to the book, right? So the first part of the book is my own backstory and how and how I became, you know, uh, a 15-year police vet and, and, and the steps and struggles that I've had along the way. But I, but I use that as an example to people that's maybe thinking about going into law enforcement or people that have just started to show them that hard work works. I will never be the smartest guy in the room. But I just have a I have a, a, a very strong work work ethic. And if you want it bad enough, then you can achieve anything. And you don't have to have this pristine background to be a cop. You know, there's a misconception sometimes that you have to have these perfect backgrounds and perfect credit and, you know, have, you know, very little life experience to, to be a cop. And it's just not the case. You know, a lot of times these kids that's had some had some struggles and they've had some life experience come in. With a completely different lens of the world, they come in with a very empathetic lens, and they turn out to be really, really good cops. That's why I love them when the military guys come in over to guys with college degrees, because they they've had some life experience. They know they kind of understand discipline. They understand the rank structure. Then the second part of the book is kind of the advice portions and my own observations. The stuff that, like I said, the stuff that I would like to have been told whenever I first started. And then the third dynamic of the book is I went around to different leaders and influencers across the country and kind of gained their perspectives on how the millennials could really pick up the reins of leadership over the next few years and keep driving this thing forward because we're going into a very, very odd and weird time where it's very likely we're going to have to do a lot more with a lot less. People just don't want to be police anymore. So how can we empower those next generations to come back to the profession. And so the book is set up in a specific way. It's not a very long read. It's an easy read. You know, I didn't want to give uh, a 20-year-old macho, testosterone-driven kid, you know, a 500-page book because he's probably, in real in reality, he's probably never going to read it, right? And so I did it. It's, it's a couple hundred pages, but the font's not crazy small. and uh, and so it kind of goes through the progressions of a prospect, a prospective uh, uh, person that wants to get into law enforcement, a, a kind of a new hire, and then the influencers and leaders kind of give something to the veterans. So whether you're, you know, thinking about being a police officer to you're a year 25 guy, like like the book has value for you. No, you know what? I'm checking it out right now. <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm sold. I'm ready to buy it. <laughs> now, where is it on Amazon or is it Barnes it, and Noble? It it is on Amazon. So right now, I'm still waiting on the hardbacks to come out, but they should be out anytime. But right now, you can get it on paperback or get it in paperback. It's on Audible and uh, a Kindle version. And so, but the hardback will be out will be out very soon. Yeah, I'm checking it out right now. It is on Amazon. Obviously, you just told me it was, but it looks really good. 
I appreciate it. Thank you very much. The, uh, you know, every every piece of that book was meticulously thought out for a specific purpose. Even the shield, even the yeah. even the shield. And I talk about it in I made a book trailer, but the shield, you know, the shield is a good representation of of law enforcement. Right. And so and what I mean is not to get artsy fartsy, but, you know, we've taken some beatings. We we've taken, you know, we've taken some licks. We've but the but the. But the integrity of the profession is still strong and still serves its purpose. It may be beat up on the outside from people trying to knock us down, but it is still strong. Now, and for the, for the audience out there, the cover has a, a ballistic shield on it that's pretty beat up. And it, that's a great analogy that, you know what, you take a beating and you're, you're still going. And you're still, still moving forward, still pushing forward. Yeah, I love that. That's one of my favorite favorite things you always got to keep moving forward and you know that's where the drive is i could see coming with the education with the writing with the career it's kind of the progression forward and you know the the life of a a policeman law enforcement military is not an easy life no uh so yeah you have to keep moving forward You, you everybody in this profession especially right now they've got to put up their own shield They've got to be able to def- to deflect the stuff from the outside as well as the inside, right? Because we have a – with all the stuff through social media, it, that's, and that's something that generations before us never had to deal with. They've never had to deal with anything like that where, you're, where your past is brought up for, for the world to see. You know, could you imagine some of the guys and men and women who, who grew up as teenagers in the 80s if they had all those, all those times, you know – Blasted out to the world like we like like the generations now and 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 moving forward would. You oh, know, I know. You know, it would be there would be crazy mullets and and transams and you know it would just be <laughs> all it would be all kinds of stuff and so and then and just people like there's a college recently the chief the newly hired chief I don't even think he had been sworn in yet was getting suspended for a like on Twitter. He he didn't even post anything. He 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 just liked it. He liked a tweet. And they were just crucifying him. And so that's just, it's just a different world. So you've got to be able to put up that shield to kind of def- to keep that stuff, uh, you know, uh, you know, <clears throat> in the back of your mind. At, but at the same time, you got to, you got to be able to push it out. And then you know, just the, the stuff that, you know, the inner, the, <laughs> the inner office politics, you know, that, that causes more stress a lot of times than stuff in the streets. So you got to, you got to, you got to have that shield up at all times. Absolutely. <laughs> Politics abound, and we're not talking about you know politics in the nation. We're just talking about politics at a job, right? Exactly, and and you know every every department has it. You know it is what it is. You get a you know a group of alpha type personalities, you know, in, in an organization. That same personality that's drawn to law enforcement, and it's competitive, you know, and and, and it's just one of those things. And so, and I am, I was never competitive growing up. But now, if I if we're walking and I think you're trying to beat me to the door, I'm going to take off running. It's just it's just that type of personality, especially when it comes to like the SWAT teams and and the specialized units. And you know, it is what it is. Exactly. Good point. It is what it is. Sometimes. Hey, so what is next? Oh man. So, well, my app also is out. So if, if you go to my website, www.adamlwilson.com, I've got an app that I've also created. If, if anybody's out there looking to get promoted, 
you know, I did a very millennial thing and and made the sergeant's exam and lieutenant's exam uh, accessible on your iPhones and, and your Androids by, by creating an app specifically for that. And so I got that going on. That was my first project. The book was the second. The next thing I'm going to try to do is I'm going to create a podcast, uh, much like yourself. You, you, you've been an inspiration to me, Jason. And, and then I'd like to film it at the same time and make, make, a, make a YouTube channel and, and just see where it kind of keeps going. And <clears throat> so many doors have opened up uh, from just the onset of this. I'm just kind of curious to see what what else come you know what else happens out of it. I never would have thought, whenever I first started jotting down those little notes of advice for some rookies, that I would be on your podcast. You know, two years later, talking to you. You know, there's been so many doors and and opportunities that keep opening up. I I, I just keep I just hope that uh, you know, I, I'm not stupid enough to to miss an opportunity. Whenever it does pop up, and 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 I take advantage of it. Now, there's always opportunities, and that's the thing about the network that everybody builds is that's different now than I could see a few years ago. Is now everybody wants to help everybody else out, at least in the the, the network I'm running around with. So, seeing you start a podcast, the first thing that comes to my mind is video. I think that's awesome. I think it's a great idea. Getting your message out there. Nobody's in, in competition with anybody anymore. It's not like this big monetized thing. It's more of, hey, let's get that information out there to people quickly. Sure. Absolutely. No, I, I agree 100%. Everybody, everybody that I have come into contact, whether it's for the book or the app or future endeavors, they have been nothing but completely uh, gracious and just offering whatever help they could give. And it's been an incredible ride thus far, and I, and I hope to, I hope to, uh, to keep it going. So the book is Tactical Reload, Strategy Shifts for Emerging Leaders in Law Enforcement, and you do have the forward by Lieutenant Colonel David Grossman. Right, yeah, Dave, Dave Grossman. I never would have thought in a million That's years awesome. he, he would even respond to an email. But I thought, you know what, what the hell? I'm going to throw it out there. You know, I'm sure he's probably got a million people asking him to do the same thing. And then he was like, yeah, I'm interested. But that's whenever he wanted to read the book. So I shot it over to him. A couple of weeks later, he calls me back. He said, he's like, man, I'm digging it. Well, I don't know if he said he, that he was digging it, but he said that he <laughs> liked the book and that he was definitely in on writing the forward. But he had some pieces of advice that he wanted to uh, to give me for the book. And, you know, that's where the kind of the edit started. But. Uh, but he was probably one of the first, you know, names I spoke to that that made me think, well, maybe there's something to this. I went to D.C. and spoke with uh, former he just retired. So his former representative, Dave Reichert, uh, the sheriff out from Washington State that chased around the Green River killer for years. And uh, he was he was uh, gracious enough to to grant me an interview. And I got to kind of pick his brain about millennials and leadership and what he thought. Uh, our biggest challenges was going to be and uh, and what our biggest strengths were. I spoke to Erica Shield, Atlanta's chief, and, and, and her and her rise to that top spot. Uh, Mark Devine on mindset. I mean, I don't know if it gets any better than 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 Mark Devine, you know, you know, unstoppable mind and, and going through and uh, getting a chance to talk to him and pick his brain. Tim Kennedy. That was a fun interview. And it's just all these people were so were so helpful 
it was just it was really that that part alone was inspiring well that's the community that's what i love about this podcast thing and once you get your podcast going you're going to see that more people would like to talk to people that are positive and have the energy sure so where can we find you on social media so i am on <laughs> dogs are barking the uh so i'm on instagram as adam wilson 02 i'm on facebook i got a uh like a business page and I got a personal page too. Uh, Twitter, I'm on Adam Wilson LEO. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's pretty much my thing. I think all those links are on my website as well. And again, that's adamlwilson.com. And if anybody, if I, and if I can reciprocate the, uh, the help that I've received, you know, by all means, give me a, give me a shout, give me a call. And I'd love to love to collaborate on some projects. Yeah, definitely. And remember, if the dogs ain't barking, it's not a good podcast. Because you know, <laughs> I always tell people we're like, this is the grassroots. We're doing this out of our out of our houses. We're just trying to get the information out there. And I watch my door the whole time. I'm like, are my dogs going to bark? Are they going to bark? So <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely, Jason. Man, it's, it's been a pr- uh, pleasure, and and uh, I can't thank you enough. <laughs>